Hi, this is former Pro Bowl center for the Buffalo Bills, Eric Wood, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on the Circling the Wagons podcast. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times, here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills Mafia. Welcome to another off-season episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. I am your host, Nate, guys. Thank you so much for joining us in another pre-free agency episode where we have a lot of things to discuss. We're going to talk about some of the news and notes of this past week, some current players, some former players, some maybe soon-to-be former players uh, from the Buffalo Bills. Uh, We are also going to talk about some uh, interesting decisions that the Bills front office is going to have to make between certain players on the roster, players that have enough of a dead cap uh, that they could get cut this season just to make room for more uh, more cap space in general. So we're going to discuss that, all of these things, um, some polls on Twitter, some interesting discussions, some positional needs. We're going to hopefully finalize our positional needs lead, lead, or blah, blah, leading into free agency and a lot more. But first, I'm joined by my co-hosts, John and Mike. And John, Mike, fellas, um, it feels like the season just ended just because of the Super Bowl, but I'm excited to get into the players, who's going to be on the Bills roster. A lot of the things are going to stay intact, but we will lose some players. Uh, how excited? What's your excitement level headed into free agency? John, I'll start with you first. That's a good question. I'm usually super excited. However, I know they're over the cap and need to do some things to get under the cap, and they might be limited in what they can do in free agency. So I'm not really sure. I'm kind of like tempering my expectations. Understood. Real quick, before I ask Mike how he's doing, uh, the salary cap numbers that we just got for the 2024 season, speaking of that, we thought that the Bills were going to be 55, around $55 million over the cap. Well, luckily, uh, based on uh, the league salary cap, going up in general by about 14 13 million dollars or something like that. The Bills are only 42 million dollars over the cap. So, good news for the Bills. They just they just found 13 million dollars in their couch cushion, right? Like you ever you ever uh clean a pair of old jeans or something, and you're just like, "Holy cow, that's a $5 bill there crumpled up." It's like it's like that except now it's uh it's 13 million instead. So, uh doesn't doesn't do a lot for the Buffalo Bills, but it puts them in a little bit better cap situation. That $13 million, if if Brandon Bean already had a way of saving all the money he needed to to get net positive, cap positive, so now he just has $13 million more to play with, right? So that's a Daquan Jones. That's a Daquan Jones signing. That's possibly an A.J. Epinesa signing, right? You, like You think they're going to cost that much? You mean each? No, no, no. I meant like you could do both possibly. Yeah, I agree. Both. Yeah. Right, I agree both. I'm really interested to see what AJ Epinesa is going to get on the open market because at least with Daquan Jones, his spot track number is like $6.8 million per year, but he's also, you know, 32. He's coming off a big injury. 
uh, it's a little bit different than E.G. Epinesa, who's like a young pass rusher who hasn't proven like to be this sort of like, you know, Chase Young, you know, Joey Bosa sort of pass rusher. But, you know, he's young and he's shown flashes. I'm curious if you, I, in my head, I'm thinking he's going to get around six, six to seven to eight million dollars a year also. Right. So that's kind of where what I'm thinking. Uh, so, yeah, some some cap relief. Unexpected cap relief. Finally, something good happens for the Bills in 2024. Mike, uh, what's going on, man? Are you excited about uh, the Bills possibly getting some new players? Yeah, but more than that, I like the core that we've got, and I'm excited to run it back again. Exactly. We're just adding pieces to it, right? Like you have a good pizza, right? Like you got you got the toppings you like. Get the pepperoni or the mushrooms or whatever. Now you're just adding on top of it. Oh, you want some bacon? Sure, I would love some. You want some uh, pineapple? Some people like some pineapple. I, that, that may be true, but I'll bet you're the only person, <laughs> at least the only person I know, that for the topping <laughs> purchased a second pizza and put it on top. <laughs> Does top- John know about your previous gluttonous past? That's it. That's, that's John. Did genius. you know that you could? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Except the middle would never get cooked. <laughs> it would have been just no, it's as like easy a calzone in between. The two separate pieces, the then pizza combine top on them. Top. Yes, thank you, John. It's genius. I like. I like John. Although I don't, I don't know about the. Pineapple that's why I love you, John. No, I was just saying pineapple. I couldn't think of another one off the top of my head. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. That's what I used to. You, you. That's how you yeah. make like what was that? What were those dollars? pizzas like the Mama, Mama Rosa? Mama Rosas? Mama Rosa? No, or am I thinking of the Aldi ones? Is that Mama Cozy? Yeah, the Mama Rosa ones at Wegmans. It was the cheapest pizza you could purchase. Possibly the cheapest. They were garbage by themselves, but if you put one on top of the other, <laughs> double the toppings, double the sauce, double the cheese. Uh, and you would put like you would create your own layer with those special pepperonis that caught the grease. <laughs> yeah, the, char, the cup char, cup, the cup and char. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't end it just there. I wasn't just satisfied with two pizzas sandwiched together. I needed to add some toppings on top of the two pizzas. Yeah. So then I think what what I realized eventually, Mike, through through trial and error, was that because the the one pizza on top, the dough never really got truly cooked. Is that like? Why don't I just take one of those crappy pizzas and then add like another layer of sauce, <laughs> another <laughs> layer of cheese, and another layer of pepperoni? Same thing. And uh, double the pizza. So, yeah. It was almost cheap enough just to use that like that Mama Rosa pizza as like a dough, like just a flat mm. <laughs> service that also just happened to have some sausage or some sauce, uh, cheese, and pepperoni. So, yeah. Back you to my- also at that time taught me you've been by god you've been wrong about a lot of things but you were not wrong about waiting two minutes to cut the pizza oh let it yeah. solidify yes yes too many times you never get, knew that yeah well you know sometimes you're so hungry it takes like you mm-hmm. know sometimes 50 you can't wait you get that long. super you get real excited <laughs> too excited <laughs> yeah. you cut it too quickly and then it, you gotta know, take a step back well you guys <laughs> cut the pizza you put it on a plate and start eating it <laughs> Eat it over the sink like a rat. <laughs> there was, there was, uh, that was and that has a second order effect. That's because you don't, you're not burning the top of your mouth. Yes, true. Yes, correct. Super yep. helpful there too. Did I ever tell you one time? Um, I tried. So it's sad because I was a bachelor for a while. So I, uh, 
I learned how to cook pizzas, like frozen pizzas. Okay. Like I got okay at it. So then I was like, Oh, let me try broiling. Right. Like, let me try broiling the top of the pizza, the cheese. Right. Um, and then the problem is with broiling, like you have to be very like vigilant. You can't just walk away <laughs> for a while. Like, so, so it gives you a, a nice like browning of the, of the cheese, but you have to bring it out after like a couple minutes. So sometimes you'd be like, Oh crap, I forgot that I left it in there. And then it'd just be like one. When you like, wake up in the morning, you're like, Oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap. I left. <laughs> oh crap. I'm dead. Uh, you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> no but like i left it it was just like one big brown piece of cheese right like it's just like it's almost the same color as a crust so but it was still like and i'm like well i spent the last 25 minutes doing this i'm not gonna let it go to waste so i cut it probably too early probably didn't wait the two minutes Mm. cut it ate it and the problem was like when you eat the cheese like it doesn't like string away it's like one glob so like i took a bite of it and the cheese was still like stuck to the bite and it slapped up against my lip for like two or three seconds and it burned it. Like I had a, I had a, a burnt lip. It probably looked like I had an STD for like a few days just because um, I broiled the cheese and I just couldn't wait to like eat it <laughs> till it cooled down. So, yeah. So yeah, thanks Mike. So, so you wait two minutes to cut the, to cut the pizza. You wait, at least two minutes before you cut a steak or anything like that all goes together. You let the juices, you know, go back to where they need to. And yeah. I thought you were going to say, cause so many people like choke from mozzarella cheese. I thought you were going to say like you would almost die choking. <laughs> I mean, if there's one food that probably would have killed me, it probably would have been frozen pizza. You eat enough of it, right? Like it probably still will. <laughs> there's, there's still plenty of time left. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Instead of Mama Mama Rosa's pizza, it'll be Mama Cozy's pizza because we don't really buy a, a lot of frozen pizza now. Aldi, Aldi, all day, Aldi, all day. I would like to circle, circle back about one thing. Uh, you get STDs in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, like a, what's what do you the, mean, like a herp? A herp? Yeah, yeah, it would look like okay. herpes, like this big, like uh, on my upper lip where the the pizza <laughs> the pizza came off or whatever, and it was just like ah, and then it just like slapped onto the lip. Cause it normally like strings off, right? Cause it's, it's, you hmm. know, it's, but it wasn't, it was all crusted together. So there was no stringing off. It was just, yeah. I looked like I had the herp. So, uh, yeah. So news and notes. <laughs> Is that the only thing that appears on your face? Just so I, Oh, John, <laughs> uh, any insight, John? I'm sorry. I can't help here. <laughs> Sure you can't, John. <laughs> What's that on your lip right now? <laughs> Look, I got a little overzealous um, eating my steak earlier, and I bit my lip. All right, <laughs> all right, guys. Just it's not a big deal. All right, just uh, yeah. I think that's the only one. I think that's the only one. Why don't you Google that while I talk about news and notes for the Buffalo Bills this past week? Do uh, STDs that can be I'll found. Ask AI. On- <laughs> Good idea. There should be like an incognito AI. <laughs> Can AIs talk dirty to you yet? Is that a thing yet or what? It's only a matter till the porn industry gets a hold of that. I mean, they're cutting. I mean, vices always lead the way, right? If it's gambling or. Yeah. Yeah. No, so it's there. You're like, yeah, it's definitely there. <laughs> <laughs> if, 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 if AI could give you herp. The herpes. I'd have had it from all my searches. <laughs> There's a lot of a lot of loose AIs out there. So 
News and notes, Gabe Davis, over social media, he posted an almost eight-minute video uh, that basically looks like he's saying goodbye. I mean, all the way from, you know, if you didn't know any better, like usually players wait until they've been signed by another team before they do this, but uh, his his social media team uh, put out this thing, which like all from the moment he got drafted to, you know, his first training camp in Buffalo, like his interviews with the team and, you know, all his big plays with the team. I mean, it was, it was a really cool montage. Uh, but, and at the end, you know, it kind of listed all these amazing stats that he has. Uh, it seems like he's leaving. I mean, you don't normally post that stuff to say you like, if you're coming back to the organization, which we, we kind of thought, I mean, he's probably going to make, I think, who is it? Jacoby Myers made like $13.6 million last year, you know, in the free agent market. So he's probably looking, especially with, you know, the salary cap going up. We didn't mention that earlier when, when I was talking about that, the salary cap, you know, going up by an extra 13 or $14 million, uh, all the free agents of this class are going to make that much more money, right? Like more money than they ever would have. Um, as a percentage. So like it benefits them a lot this year. So you just know Gabe Davis says if it was 13, if it was like, let's say 12 to 14 million, maybe it's like 13 or 14, 15 million, 16 million this year um, as an average year. So we'll see. Uh, It'll be interesting. I don't think any of us thought Gabe Davis was coming back. Um, Not that we wouldn't like to see him back in some way, shape or form, but it just didn't seem worth uh, the money that they'd have to pay. For him, I mean, you think about it, he's going to be making what, like roughly, if he was making $15 million a year in Buffalo, that's only like, you know, five or $6 million less than Stefan Diggs. Like, I don't think any of us would confuse Gabe Davis's production to only be, you know, 20% less of Stefan Diggs, right? Yeah, so we, Gabe yeah, Davis- we talked yeah, about yeah. this last season, heading into the final year of his deal, we figured no matter how good or bad he did or in between, they weren't going to be able to- resign him the next year which he didn't do great this season i I mean he wasn't bad but he wasn't you know we thought he might he could he could tear it up this season then he wouldn't be affordable Um, he's still not great run blocker um i mean he had the great 16.7 yards per attempt but at the same time his catch percentage was 54 percent. so you know that stat line john did not make the end of the social media reel just so you know, the fifty-four percent catch rate. Oh, all the good that, stuff, that did not lead. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, can I can I show you guys? I'll tell you guys what uh, what what came up. Hold on, because someone screenshotted it, and it was it was really good. Here it is: twenty twenty to twenty twenty two playoffs. So that's why it didn't come up. Um, fifty-six point eight percent of receptions are for first downs or touchdowns. First in the NFL, every three and a half catches are touchdowns. First in the NFL, that's an odd stat. Twenty-five, twenty-one point five yards per reception. First in the NFL, two point five three yards per route run. Sixth in the NFL. And 2020 through 2022, 26 touchdowns, most TDs ever in first three seasons for a day three drafted wide receiver. Past Tyreek Hill. It was very with uh very I was just say very specific day three blah blah look, look you were talking the first before a solar eclipse playoffs. yeah I mean like that that's why his rookie year was so promising he had great games in the playoffs and then listening the playoff stats and obviously that Kansas City game is going to be included in that so yeah sure it looks great but this is inconsistent right so. Inconsistent. Well, in all these stats, he didn't mention 2023. Plus, plus <laughs> so, we mentioned like even last year, even if he like 
did super amazing in like best wide receiver to ever, or even borderline wide receiver, they wouldn't be able to afford him anyway. So whether no matter if he did good or bad, they're probably not going to keep him. No, no, I didn't see it happening unless they somehow extended him during before the season at a reasonable like maybe ten or eleven million dollars a year or something to that effect. I didn't see them doing it, and they didn't do that. And um, I'm pretty sure that that social media clip was in response to him probably hearing back from the Buffalo Bills front office saying, we'd like to, but we can't. And he said he wanted to come back, and the Bills were saying we'd love to have him back. They love Gabe Davis. The law, He's a great locker room presence. Um, Josh Allen loves him. Like The team loves Gabe Davis, but it's just not in the cards. You can't keep everyone. We couldn't keep Tremaine Edmonds last year. For all intents and purposes, it sounded like the team really loved him. The guys really loved him, too. Um, it's just not always going to happen. These guys are going to get paid. Um, and good for him. Like, the, like we should all hope to, you know, get paid like Gabe Davis is going to get paid this this offseason, right? So he went from making $1 million a year as a fourth round or fifth round draft pick last year to now he's going to be making, you know, 13 to 14 times that. So good for him. Um, yeah, that's all. That's I know we've we've covered it ad nauseum last week and just in general, but uh, it was just interesting. It seems like it, it's definitely happening. There's still sometimes, you know, you wonder like, ah, is that going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Remember Matt Milano a couple of years ago? Like, it was just like, I think he's going to hit, I think they're going to resign him, but you never know. He might price. And then he took like a little bit of a pay cut to stay here. And I mean, let's go, right? Like that was unexpected. But for the most part, you kind of get an idea if these guys are going to come back or not. The second thing uh, of note in the Buffalo Bills realm of the NFL is that former Bills punter Matt Ariza signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. Matt Ariza, who went under fire geez, a year and a half ago when he was wrongfully accused of rape by a then 17-year-old girl at the, I think it was San Diego State campus, um, off-campus party. Um, Some pretty brutal things in the allegations. A lot of things went around Bill's Mafia and social media in general. It wasn't just Bill's Mafia. I mean, NFL Twitter fans were like, this guy sounds like a a piece of garbage, right? And, uh, you know, at the time, it was, I, I mean, I said on our Twitter account, you know, the circling the wagons Twitter account was like, you know, they can't afford to keep this guy because he's such a distraction. And in two years ago, it was supposed to be a Super Bowl winning team. Um, and if the things that he was accused of were right, then, you know, he should go to prison. They, they weren't right. Um, it turns out that he did not do the things that he was accused of. In fact, it doesn't sound like the other people accused of those things were, did the, did them either. Um, and now he's getting a second chance. So good for him. Um, it kind of sucks that it's with the Chiefs, though. I got to I got to be honest. <laughs> I wasn't a fan of that. Of almost any other team besides a divisional team, it's just like the Chiefs are a divisional team, like just anywhere else. You know what I mean? Yeah, it sucks. It sucks because we could use a punter yep, right now. We could use an upgraded punter. I I got to be honest though. Like I'm I'm kind of happy he's getting another chance. No, he should be in the NFL. Uh, he's really good. I just wish it was for yeah, us. It's. I just wish it wasn't. And and you know what? They uh, At the time, you could tell like the Bills wanted to keep him. Like You could tell like the front office, McDermott, when he addressed it at the media, like he was torn over this. It wasn't just like a... I wonder who made the final call and all that. Was it just like a PR thing? It's like, well, he's a punter, so we'll cut our losses. 
that's the thing. It's it's all relevant. He was a rookie punter too, so like, but he's still really good. I mean, with, I mean, you saw him even in the preseason. Really I was hyped about him. I was excited. I was really excited to get him on our team. I was excited when they drafted him. From the whole time they drafted him up until the allegations, I was excited. I think all of Bill's mafia was. I mean, we had a there. He was the punt god. The uh, but those accusations, those accusations were so damning. It was just, it was, it was rough. Even if they weren't true, like those are pretty terrible assertions. Even if part well, of anybody it was can true, accuse anybody, I should of say anything. The reason that they got rid of him was the distraction part of it. Yes, you're right. You know, it's it's unfortunate, and I and I think there's, I think in order for I read that for the accuser to drop her civil suit, Ariza had to agree not to sue her back, but he's still able to sue her lawyer. Because if you remember in that article, like the lawyer was basically like he recorded everything and he made it into an article on Yahoo or whatever um, saying, or the LA Times, I think it was, that like all these things like, are you going to do this? Like you're going to, he was basically blackmailing the agent. Like, you know, if, if you don't, figure this out like your 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 player is not going to make your client's not going to make it into the nfl like we'll make sure of that sort of thing so uh yeah i mean unfortunately like people like that that falsely accuse you of things like that should probably go to jail i feel like or something you know so anyway uh yeah yeah so it's it's unfortunate uh it's unfortunate that anything happened in his career far more important than anything else. But then it's also a little unfortunate that he went to the chiefs of all, like it's just, it's just perfectly set up for him to get eventually Revenge. like some sort of, yeah, of punt next year. <laughs> yeah. You see it like the bills are ahead, right? The bills are ahead. 90 yards like, to the one, one yard line, <laughs> the one yard line. To Naeem Hines, and then Naeem Hines fumbles it at the one, and then they return it for a touchdown. They recover it, the end zone for a touchdown, and they win 20, 21 to 20. Yeah. So I, it is what it is. But that's that's just worth noting um, for the Buffalo Bills uh, news and notes this last week. We're going to try to keep, keep you it, up to it's date. It's just unfortunate that it happened to the Bills, I agree. And then it formed to go to the Chiefs. But the situation at the time seemed untenable. <laughs> And like the Chiefs, not exactly the same because he actually did it right. But Kareem Hunt, they who was highly drafted, was an amazing player, and the Chiefs had to cut him. That's right. Certainly much more valuable than Areza to the Bills at the time, and then Hunt goes to the Browns and does really well. So yeah. it could, could be worse. Yeah, we we're like, kind of the the Chiefs Bills games. There's not usually a lot of punting, so. That's also true. Good point. Good point, Mike. Uh, I was kind of hoping Von Miller would get suspended <laughs> this year for you know what happened, and that never that never came up because if he gets on the exempt list, I believe that we can cut him. <laughs> so uh, that's a terrible thing to hope for. Um, I hope none of the accusations are true for what he did, but uh, yeah, they couldn't really do anything with it. He was a rookie. I mean, I feel like there's some sort of leeway for waiting for due process like with von miller like they're waiting for due process there were some terrible accusations people thought he should be cut uh and i think that if he was a rookie that was like sitting on the bench they might have considered that based just solely on the accusations um so still nothing new with von miller nothing i guess no charges have been filed that, or anything that like is that. kind of unfortunate uh, though so, right like they it's it's a case-by-case -case basis 
but in not the best of ways. It's it's case case by case based on what player you are, Deshaun Watson or whoever, right? Oh, it's uh, it's just a punter. Do you they signed. Ah, whatever. But Deshaun Watson. <laughs> oh, he's you know quarterback. Blah blah blah. He gets a fully guaranteed contract. <laughs> that's like, yeah, that's his. Yeah, do you remember those accusations came out about LaShawn McCoy when he was with the Bills a few years ago? That was a thing, and it was brought up on social media, but that never went anywhere. He never got charged. Um, if you just went based off of, just purely off of accusers, um, yeah. We don't, the, the, the reality is we don't know these guys. We don't know what they're really doing. We don't know if the accusers are real or true or not. Um, we just don't know. We just don't know. Um, and I think that this kind of there's it'd be just nice put if a there's period. Like some sort of like process. Like obviously, there's innocent until proven guilty. You can't just like it seems harsh to like cut somebody. Like oh, somebody said this, but if it's true, obviously that's really really bad, <laughs> you and you don't want that. Uh, so, yeah. But they, they got to figure something out for these things because it's it's happened, good or bad. You know, or not good or bad, but true or false over the years and they've I don't think they've handled anything that well either way. No. Nope, I agree. I agree. So, let's look at some of the free agents of the Buffalo Bills. So, we mentioned some of the big ones this past uh week on our last podcast, but let's talk about the three or four biggest potential cut candidates for the Buffalo Bills. Now, when you're looking at this uh scenario you're looking at players that have a lot of savings from cutting right so like if you were look at you know the, the the biggest cap hits on the buffalo bills the one that you know maybe like for example we won't consider this one but if we were to cut Deion dawkins we would say five million dollars in cap space right like that won't happen that doesn't make sense to do that because then you're without a left tackle he i think performed really well last year i think we would all agree on that but uh that's an example. Now, the first cut candidate I will get to, though, is similar in that respect, and that's Tredavious White. He has a 16.4 uh, cap hit, $16.4 million cap hit, and if you cut him, you save roughly $6 million in cap space. So he's one of the cut, or, uh, cut candidates. Uh, you look at a guy like Taron Johnson. Like Taron Johnson, I would never cut. If anything, I might actually extend Taron Taron Johnson because I believe he only has one year left on his deal. Yes, he has one year left on his deal as a Buffalo Bill. This is an example of how you could extend someone and then save some cap space, right? So that's one of the examples of a player that I would potentially extend. But anyway, we're not talking about extension. We're talking about cuts. Mitch Morris is the next one. So we mentioned Tredavis White. Mitch Morris, you save almost $8 million as well by cutting him. Almost $8.5 million. So Tredavis White, $8 million. Mitch, or I'm sorry, was I six? I'm sorry. I'm already losing track of the math. Yeah, White would be six. That was six million. Okay, White was six million. Mitch Morris is eight and a half million. Okay. And then if you keep going down the list, Razul Douglas, technically, Razul Douglas, you could this is why it was such a great trade because if it didn't work out, you could cut him this year for no cap hit and you would just you would save nine million dollars, right? Well now the Bills don't save nine million dollars. They want to keep Razul Douglas. He played extremely <laughs> and he's well. He's gonna be a starter. So <laughs> he's gonna be a starter. All these great guys that have good cap hit numbers or good uh uh savings numbers if you cut them, we wanna keep really badly. <laughs> so the more the more uh, scenario you're gonna wanna at some point draft somebody 
for his eventual replacement. He's had a ton of concussions. He's getting older, and the you know, but you, you're not cutting him this year. No, 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 exactly. You're looking for maybe an eventual replacement, but you're right. You're not cutting him this year. You can't. You can't. He's too good. He's one of their best offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. And the center is one of the most important positions on that offensive line. Whenever he's just, out, yeah. like you've seen like the mishaps with the snap and like Allen getting it and all sorts of stuff. Agreed. The, the line is not the same without Mitch Moore. So yes, maybe draft his eventual replacement with your one of your 10 draft picks for sure. Maybe a day two or day three pick. I'm all for that, but you're not cutting him. So I wouldn't even consider him, but it's a potential. I'm going to put out some scenarios where it's like, maybe I pit Mitch Morris against Davis White. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on that. So the other, a little bit less savings, but still some savings, is Jordan Poyer. The Bills could save almost $5.5 million if they cut Jordan Poyer. Look at Deontay Hardy. You could save uh, $4.2 million by cutting Deontay Hardy. $4.2 million. You could save $5 million by cutting Naheem Hines, right? So if you guys were to, to prioritize your cut candidates on this roster, I got to be honest, like I, I would pro- I put Deontay Hardy and Naheem Hines at the top of that. And I feel bad. Like, don't get me wrong. I feel bad that Naheem Hines is, was injured in a freak, you know, jet ski accident. Wasn't his fault. Um, it sucks. I feel bad for him. I don't think he's worth $5 million to me. Um, John, I know you're not a big fan of running backs, like either signing free agent running backs or drafting them super early. Um, James Cook aside, but I mean, this seems like a no brainer for me. I agree. And I know they've had issues with special teams recently and having good returners, um, but both Hardy and... um, Hines would be cut candidates for me. And and Tredavious White, I think, would be up there as well. It's so so you would I sorry. I, I love Tredavious White to death, but um to the back to back injuries and I, I think it's just it's just gonna be a hard thing to do, but I don't think it's gonna be worth it in the long run. So if 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 it were me, I think it's a no brainer, if you can, to cut Heinz and Hardy, that automatically saves you Roughly $8 million, okay? That's just cut candidates. So you're saying you would put... And Mike, do you disagree with any of that so far? Those are two kind of easy ones. I know Deontay yeah. Hardy. Yeah, Deontay Hardy is just... I mean, it was it was worth a shot. I don't think he turned out so much as a wide receiver. We can't be paying these guys like $6 million for like, okay, you know, returns. You know, like Deontay Hardy did have that big return in... What was it? The Dolphins game or the playoffs? Like, it was great. We didn't see it from all season except for that. So, like, not trying to negate what he can do, but the Bills just haven't found a way to use him, to utilize him. Now, John, I don't disagree with what you said about Tredavious White. What do you think about this, though? Would you prioritize White's cut over Jordan Poyer? Because it's almost the same amount of money. We're looking at $6 million for Tredavious White versus $5.5 million for Jordan Poyer. The only problem with that is I think safety is a bigger need much bigger need than corner at this point. Okay. So I, I don't think, like, so, I do think Poyer is lost a step, but, and they're good. They're going to have to address safety still, but they have more corners yes. than safeties. It's like they have one out of two starting safeties right now. And that one isn't great, right? Like he's not bad. He's still good, 
but he's not what he used to be, right? Like, that's kind of how you view that position. Whereas a cornerback, I mean, you have a healthy Russell Douglas, you have a healthy Christian Benford. Like, you have your two starting corners automatically. Like, you have them. Yeah. And you got Taron Johnson and Nickel. Yeah. I, you know, this is exactly Taron Johnson. You have really good starting cornerbacks, and uh, you just don't have a ton of depth behind them. But again, you could, you could uh, draft someone. You know, draft some some talent behind them. They still have Kair Elam. I I uh, I just still don't think he's a lost cause completely. But uh, for some reason, it's it's just not clicking it's, yet. It, it's, it seems um, like it. Some, but but one way to look at it is Benford was in the same class, right? So they had in one of the two that they drafted that year, and I think that's that's fine. Exactly, exactly. Um, so I guess you know, in saying that, I would think I would put Shredavious White ahead of yeah Jordan Poyer for everything you just mentioned wouldn't it so I was I was reading a scenario where um Joe B was talking about extending Tredavious White right like extending him for you know another year or so because I believe this is his last year hold on no he has another year in his contract after this so extending him a year after this year to kind of uh lessen lessen the blow because I mean if you think about it you know he's if he gets cut this year you know, I mean, who's going to sign him to a big contract? I mean, he just literally came off an ACL injury two years ago, and now he's coming off an Achilles injury. Will he be if healthy? Nobody's going to sign you for, um, maybe not. But uh, so, let's say you so lessen no, his cap hit no, from then. instead of it being. Pr- I mean, there's a possibility. There's a possibility. Hold on. Uh, return NFL general seventy five percent of NFL players do. Um, a torn, the full healing of a torn Achilles tendon takes about four to six months. So, so if that's the case, it took, and we're looking at six months at the it max. It took longer than a year for him to be looking really good again. I think ACLs are a little bit different. I, I, Do you think after having so we're, we're looking? Yeah, we're looking at it in like individual injuries, but like having one and then the other. There were different knees, right, or different. Either way, like you, you, you're getting beat up, yeah. and then you get beat up again. Like you would think, yeah, that it, would yeah. take, it, it might take. And you're getting older at the same time. Like all these things. Yeah, you know, um, at the end of season presser for Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, they both mentioned Tre'Davious White, and they both seem to be optimistic about him. And no point where they're like, "Well, you don't know how it's going to be." You know, like like they sound like he's coming back. Like that doesn't sound like they made it sound like he was making progress. He was there all the time. Like they saw him a lot. It wasn't just like, cause some of these guys you hear they're, they're rehabbing on their own or whatever. Like he was there and he was putting in the work and they seemed optimistic about it. Oh, to let me, me ask it you seems something. Like Did Bean or McDermott it, ever say anything that wasn't optimistic about Von Miller? Because if it was always optimistic about Von Miller, it would be very telling <laughs> if they said the same thing about any other player. <laughs> yeah, I guess they. Yeah, you're right. I guess I guess they sounded pretty good about Von Miller too. <laughs> I know Von Miller sounded good about Von Miller. <laughs> Von Miller thinks Von Miller is a superhero. He's like he's like Wolverine, he's right? Like he heals. He's good. Um. So I would agree. Like Tre'Davious White. Well, let's say you had to pick between Tre'Davious White and Mitch Morris. Are you picking Mitch Morris every time over that? Like, let's have a difficult discussion. Like, you can pick one of those two players. 
I don't think anyone's picking Travis White. Mike, I mean, I love, I think Travis White is one of my favorite players on this roster. The, the, in, not only in the way he plays, but like his personality. Like he's so likable, right? Like he's so easy to like. But two major injuries, like you said. Uh, Mike, what do you think? Is it a no brainer to keep Mitch Morris over Tredavious White if you have to choose between the two? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's an easy one. How about this one? Tredavious White, cut Tredavious White or bring back Daquan Jones. I'm sorry, cut Tredavious White and bring back Daquan Jones or keep Tredavious White and don't resign Daquan Jones. Resign Daquan Jones. Resign Daquan Jones. Mike agreed. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it sound like it sounds too good to be true to be able to keep Tredavious White and Benford and Russell Douglas, doesn't it? Like there's just too much talent at that position. There's no way they can keep White and Russell Douglas, right? How many play how many teams do you know keep like two really good cornerbacks? Like, it just doesn't happen that often. Unless you have like a Tredavious White and you draft another guy that just turns into like a really good player. Like it's just not that Imagine not if that they common. hit on Kyrie Elam too. Like then it'd be even <laughs> Oh, <laughs> imagine if but, I mean, you, outside, like, yeah. outside of Elam, though, Net- like they've done really well at corner and in the defensive backfield in general. They have. They have. I So one of the things that makes me possibly consider cutting Poyer as opposed to Tredavious White is that the Bills are really good at developing safeties, it feels like, you know? Like they took guys like Poyer and Hyde, who nobody was pounding the table for in the free agent market. Like they were... I wouldn't say they were top tier free agents. They're probably like mid tier guys, right? Like both of them. Like they they didn't get nothing, but they were probably like three, four, five million dollar a year guys for you know three, four years, and they became really, really well, good. They didn't have they, a ton. They of only did it with those but, two guys, though. They didn't, it's not like they have a track record of having amazing safeties all the time. They they just happened to luck into those guys. Now Poirier, I think they took a chance because I think he with Cleveland, I think he even had an injury history. So they took a chance on him, and it worked out really well. And then Micah Hyde, I think, I think he was good. I I, I don't know how they got, ended up getting him, but it's been a solid tandem, obviously. But there hasn't really been anybody else. Like, who's their next best player over those last five years no. at safety? Oh man, Jaquan Johnson. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Demar Hamlin, I guess he's Taylor Rapp. Would you put? I, I guess I'd put Taylor Rapp above. Yeah, Demar and they Hamlin. just signed him for a one year deal last year, and he was, you know, a fifteen yard penalty waiting to happen half the time. But it was, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's still, he's still pretty good. But I don't think there's been anybody else really. And you know, they got guys who can play corner and safety, Cam Lewis, and guys who can fill in. But I don't, you know, they didn't, they haven't really had like a like. Oh, they've had like. Two all pro safety or three all pro safeties and back to back and no. they just had the two, the tandem right. Yes, you're right. Cam Lewis isn't even under contract. I bet you they bring him back for a one year deal, kind of like a Dean Jackson sort of. Yeah, thing. they'll bring. I think they'll bring. Um, they like that versatility. I do too. They can play multiple positions. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. So multiple positions, neither of them like uh, like amazingly, but like solid solid depth in case of injury or you know, potential starter capability, but nothing that you can, like, you still, you still have to draft a guy. If you get Cam Lewis, like you still have to draft a guy that could potentially take over for him. Right? No, so, I don't think he's a starter, um, but I think he can fill in really well. So we have as our, I, and I agree with, with everything you guys are saying, I, I guess I thought it'd be like a little bit more debatable, but it's, it's pretty obvious at this point um, that Tredavious White is kind of like the top, the third one on this list. After Hardy, after Hines, 
I mean, you don't want to get rid of a whole lot of these. Saran Neal, you could cut. You'd save $3 million, roughly. Um, I could see that Saran Neal's another one. He could play um, corner, safety, special teams. It's kind of hard to... Yeah, it's, yeah. He's like just, he's like good depth, good, good, good depth that can play multiple different positions. So, so this kind of leads back into our big board of Bill's needs. Last week, we set our first tier of needs. We had a wide receiver. Um, then we had like a kind of like three positions that were kind of in the running together. We had defensive tackle, we had safety and defensive end. So, uh, wide receiver was mostly just because we, we need to replace Gabe Davis, but also, uh, you know, it'd be nice to have an upgrade or someone that could potentially take over for Stefan Diggs at some point. You know, we haven't really drafted an heir apparent for him. Um, but defensive tackle, the same thing. Like we never drafted an heir apparent for, you know, Daquan Jones. So we're in the same situation. We need a defensive tackle. Like we, we never really drafted anyone that could take over or could be depth for Ed Oliver um, at his position. Um, safety is a need. We never really drafted a safety to take over. I mean, we did with DeMar Hamlin a few years ago, but, uh, you know, he's just not ready to take over at that spot. Uh, safety and then defensive end, you know, taking a lot of swipes at the, you know, at, at drafts picks for defensive end. Um, and now, uh, you know, they traded away Boogie Basham last year and now AJ Vanessa is a free agent along with Jack yeah, Lawson. One thing, uh, so, so like Beans did a lot of great things, but they failed miserably at, at defensive end. I, I won't knock Von Miller against him because he was playing really well before the injury, but like everything else before that has been like, eh, I, I guess Leonard, you know, the Leonard Floyd was, was pretty good. Um, Rousseau, but just drafting, Rousseau, just drafting started, yeah. Rousseau started to get a little bit better, but took a while. I, we all knew he was raw anyway, but yeah, in, in general, defensive end has been the, the biggest miss, I think, uh, especially since the whole idea was it of getting better defensive end was to beat the chiefs and that still hasn't happened. So at least in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, they, they asked, uh, being about that at the end of season presser, we like, it's basically like what you just said, you know, you, did you build this team to beat the chiefs? And he was just like, well, you build the team to beat the division first. He's like, and then, well, you know, beans, like I, I can, you beat hope the division that a- already. So, in his head, right? <laughs> yeah, let me use that as my... No, 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 I wasn't... <laughs> He's like, yeah, sure, of course. Yeah, we got to be the vision first. Yeah, where are you doing that? So, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to beat one to build... Like, You got to build a team to beat... Like, who have we beaten the most the last three years? Uh, the uh, the Dolphins? Oh, you got to beat a team to beat the Dolphins. You got to build a team to beat the Dolphins first. So that, and then go from there, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I was always under the impression that they were building it to beat the Chiefs. And yeah... At, at least after that... Uh, the year they, the whole like, oh, the year they should have won the Super Bowl, the 13 seconds, like that whole thing. I think there was a point effort to get better defensive end, and they d- really didn't um, until they signed Von Miller, and then he got hurt. So that kind of sucked. But but Leonard Floyd was a good replacement for a good part of this year. Like, yeah, that, that was, a was good, good signing. I'll admit that. Um, and in general, Bean's done really good. I mean, free agency was never his issue, though. Free agency has never been his issue. Even the, even I think the he's draft the last couple of years, like uh, Kincaid looked really good this year. The The second pick, uh, Osiris Torrance, started the only player that started every single snap this year for the Bills. The offensive line gelled really well. Um, two years ago, Terrell Bernard, he's, he, he got, and he filled in perfectly for uh, Matt Milano. I mean, he's not going to, you know. Milano's still better, but like Bernard played really well. Like it's it was so he's he's hit on picks too. 
Akilah Shakir's looking really good. You're right. I mean, there's there's some guys out there that they're not all bust. Don't get me wrong. No, nobody hits on everything. Yeah, Every, like, everybody's no. harping on Kyrie Elam because it because you know, he was an early pick, but like it's a crapshoot anyway. It is, and I don't remember anyone at the time when Kyrie Elam was drafted saying that that was a terrible pick. I don't know why they wasted you know that pick on him. Like people are like, yeah, I see all the, it. Uh, like, the, the guys got a lot of and <laughs> We're like, oh yeah, this is gonna be great. Yeah. <laughs> Right, exactly. and I, I and I remember people like poo pooing when Tre'Davious White was drafted. It was the complete yep. opposite. Like, why did they pick Tre'Davious White and this and that? And he was amazing. <laughs> so I don't know exactly. So I think I still think our first tier of needs hasn't really changed at all. You know, like I think I think I'm still on with that list. Are you guys? You guys are still good there, right? Yeah, for sure. Like the second tier is like you know stupid stuff. Running back. We have backup quarterback, kicker, punter. Uh, linebacker depth, a well depth. The the oil thing, like I might push up the center part a little bit just because Morse is um getting up there. But other than that, yeah, I think we got it. Yeah. I think that's a little bit more important than like backup quarterback. I'd still like some tackle depth at some point. I don't know if they're gonna get be able to get in the draft, yeah. but Yeah, but uh, both offense and defensive line, you can never have enough depth. No. And I think these days cornerback too, really. Uh, we don't have we don't have cornerback on the list anywhere, but that could be a, a, a somewhere. Absolutely. And we talked about cut candidates with Naheem Hines. Honestly, at the second tier level, I kind of still like running back a little bit higher at the top end of the second tier. Like I know we have running back, linebacker, offensive line, backup quarterback. Running back, if we especially because Latavius Murray is gone, Damian Harris is gone. Um Yeah, from a from like Naheem who's Hines. up like how many players you need on the roster perspective, it might be up there for me. But from a priority perspective, it might not be as high for me. Yeah, like best player available, if if it comes down to like, I mean, we're not talking in the second tier with like a day one or probably even a day two pick right at this level. So automatically, you're probably thinking day three. But I mean, all things being equal, if they had a good running back or good linebacker, um, I mean, it'd be hard, it'd be tough to pass up like a good potential, you know, middle linebacker prospect. But the running back would get more action in this offense than a backup linebacker would, or Matt Milano's backup, or Terrell Bernard's backup, right? So, like, I think that is still a very important position. So, would I be able to? Would I be upset if they took a fourth round running back? Like, no. I don't like them taking a first round running back. I never liked that idea. But in the fourth round, if you can get a guy that'll take five to seven snaps or five to seven touches a game from James I, Cook and he's good and reliable, like I'm all for that. Like that that is I, a need. I wouldn't hate hate it. Especially if James Cook goes down. We have no one in James Cook. James I wouldn't Cook hate it down. if it's as long as it's after the third round, but even then, you can like you get undrafted guys every year that look amazing. Um I mean, look at the guy, the guy from Baltimore who got injured this year. What, what was his name? Uh, I can't remember. He's an undrafted free agent. Look at him. Justice no. Hill? No, he's a rookie this year. This past year. He got hurt. He got a season-ending injury early on. Uh, it wasn't J.K. Dodd. Well, he also got hurt two years there. ago. <laughs> Keaton Mitchell? Yeah, Keaton Mitchell. Know. Yeah. He looks really good. Like, he was... His yards per carry was, like, phenomenal. So, just like... Uh, Devon A chain was, uh, and he was like a higher pick. So you you can find these guys really late, and the bills the bills to 
are kind of weird because they like they like to have like one really old guy for some reason, but they usually do okay, which is weird. Like, <laughs> like to me, that doesn't make any sense. But hey, I I just don't want them spending really high picks on running backs anymore like they used to. And the, even this regime has done it with they they spent you know that Cook was second round. Although I did I did like Cook when they picked him, but um, Singletary same thing. And uh, the guy they traded to Indy. Um, yeah, Zach Moss, Zach Moss, same thing. Like he was a third round pick. I'm like, stop spending high picks on these guys. When I get, I like BPA, and then like maybe like if it's all things being considered equal, pick your uh, need. But for certain positions, it feels unnecessary to even if he's like a tier above. It's like, oh, he's he's a tier above all these other guys. So I'm gonna pick the running back. Uh, that that doesn't always make sense to me. I think. I agree. I agree. I like him as the fifth need still on this team, but um, I'd put him lower than fifth. Okay. I'd put I'd, I'd put, put it I'd under put, linebacker. I put OL about two above where you have it right there on that sheet. I put OL fifth. Okay. And then linebacker six. How about I move? How about I compromise? How about I compromise? I move it up one for now. I, I put both. <laughs> I put OL then linebacker then running back then backup quarterback then then there- kicker then punter. But but I mean you're you if you're talking about drafting a linebacker I know like I, I know what I know it depends depth. I know it depends okay. I'm just saying like what their needs okay. are right now you know they but but that being said you know they're going to sign an old veteran like you said um at running back or someone you know on the cheap somehow and then it'll knock knock it down to like you know well we don't really need you we don't really need to draft a guy at all <laughs> you just pick up a couple of undrafted guys or seventh round guys and. Will be sad. So I also um, think there's some debate. You have that the first tier top four needs. You have safety over defensive end. Would defensive end maybe be over safety? I think. I think it's no. Close. I think it's really close. I'm not. I'm not saying you just change it, but there's something to think about. So the, so this is what I'll say there. After I, I listened back to our conversation last week about safety and defensive end, and I guess I think defensive end is important. We kind of talked about where we thought Von Miller was going to be this next season. I think we all kind of came to an agreement that he would prob- he would bounce back in 2024. I mean, guys that are that good and future Hall of Famers, like they don't just fall off the map and stop playing. Like I think he was really just struggling with that injury and then obviously some personal issues. But I think he comes back to be like probably 70, 80% of what he was in 2022. Like, I think he, I think he makes that's, an impact this that's year. That's the hope. But so if he doesn't if, right away, then like you're putting, you're banking a lot. Oh, on Miller. We are, we are. I mean, uh, like geez, the other so way to think about it is like, who is the, the number one position on, you know, on the offense or in the whole, or the whole team quarterback, right? Who's the number right. one position on defense? Is it pass rusher? Yes. Pass rusher or cornerback, but maybe, but maybe but, not safety. So if they're that close on That's the tier, maybe you put defensive end over safety. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you have to do that, but the, yeah, I, I I definitely see what you're saying. So I, I guess my point was if you if you think Von Miller is going to be a, a semblance of his 2022 self, then you technically have two starters. Like I love Greg Rousseau. They're going to give him the fifth year option, and it's only like 12 million dollars, and he's worth every penny in my opinion. Um, I don't know if I want to pay him 25 million dollars a year or anything whatever he'll but I I like him so in my head like we have two starting safeties or I'm sorry two starting defensive ends like one's questionable one's solid safety we have only one of two starters at this point one of two starters um 
if that's the case, and I don't even love Jordan Poyer as a starter at this point in his career. Like he just is. So that's why I say safety over defensive end. Like, but like you said, defensive end is a more important position. If they went wide receiver or defensive end next, I would not be upset. Like those, like after wide receiver, to me, like those next three are kind of like best player available of those positions. You know, like if they get this amazing best player available of like running back, like I think I'll be disappointed. But if it was like a, you know, anything within that realm, I'd be fine. With yeah, it. I mean, like as far as the draft is concerned, it's it's really gonna depend. You could be in the third round, and it's like, oh, I got my, you know, my third tier running back and my fifth tier defensive end. What do I do? <laughs> you know. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you got to make the best decision you can. So yeah, it all depends on that. I mean, if they went defensive end first round, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised necessarily. Like I'd want them to do that only if like the best wide receivers or defensive tackles were gone potentially. But uh, what do you, what do you think the odds are offense or defense for that first pick? Realistically, I agree. I think it's defense. Do you? Okay. Uh, I think they look at the players that they're losing on that side of the ball, and it's a lot more than on the offense. Yeah. It it might depend, too, who they pick up in free agency, but I think that's true. Unless some some receiver, like, they're not getting no Marvin Harrison or anything. They're picking 28th, so it is what it is, and they have... Stephon Diggs was a seventh-round pick, though. You can get those guys late. That's the thing, but you have to at least take a swing sure. at them. Yeah, they got, what they, they got Justin the Shorter in they the fifth round. Maybe I don't know. He he was hurt. Maybe maybe people are talking about. It. I've heard. I've had folks DM me over Instagram or social media, or Twitter, or whatever, and they're like, "Don't forget Justin Shorter." And like, dude, I did not forget about Justin Shorter. But I mean, he came out of college. He wasn't really setting the world on fire at college, and then he had a year of injuries where he was not really. You know, it's he basically lost a year. So. For me to expect him to show up big this season, it'll I be making or breaking training camp for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't expect him to become a starter this year at all. If he, if he will at all, it'll be I think in twenty twenty five. I don't think it's I, this year. I, I would like to That's see just, them bring in a free agent receiver and then draft two receivers. Not necessarily, not necessarily yeah, in the first here. round, but draft two receivers and then you know go nuts on the defensive line and safety and. All these other positions we mentioned, offensive line, running back, linebacker, whatever. Well, if they go cutting Deontay Hardy, like we said, they just lost Hardy, Sherfield, and Gabe Davis in the same offseason. So you have to replace three starters. So you got to sign one and draft two or sign two and draft one well, or something. I mean, they weren't all starters. <laughs> no, true, but they were all active. They were active the players. They were all yeah. the 53-man roster. Sorry, that's what I meant, 53-man Especially roster. Especially when they play like 12 personnel. Um, <laughs> yeah. So maybe shorter is one of those guys. Maybe they don't. They only draft one guy because they consider shorter one of those possible. I mean, potential. Think about it players. another way. Who are their best pass catchers right now? You have Diggs, you have Kincaid, and Kincaid. you have Shakir. Shakir. So there's yep. three right there. So you add a quarterback, five offensive linemen, and a running back. You're already up to ten, right? Is it my math right? So yeah, just gotta find another starter and have a little bit of depth behind it. So. Yeah, I mean, after that, I'd say it's either Dawson Knox or, I mean, that's not a great so, option. Yeah, so they accepted Knox recently. Like, what does his contract look like? Is it, could they save any money by restructuring? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. No. <laughs> the answer yeah. is no. Hold on. 
Dawson Knox, uh, they would actually uh, lose six million dollars if they cut him. But like, what if they like restructured his contract? I mean, it depends on what it restructured. Something to. really good for them. Hold on, let me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to to, to be further for, for the Bills, they they did that before they drafted Kincaid, right? So I mean, obviously they wanted to have a good tight end, so they were like, all right, well let's let's extend Knox. Okay, we're set, and then like. The receivers fell how they did in the draft, and they're like, "Well, the next best receiver is Kincaid, so we'll draft Kincaid. <laughs> Worry about the rest <laughs> after." <laughs> they could uh, they could restructure um, Dawson Knox and save about three million a year or three million this year. That's something. That's something. You know, combined yeah. with all the other things they might do. The problem is, though, if you restructure him, then like I could see him being a potential cut candidate in a year or two, and then it makes it less. So, like, you lose that exactly. So, do you want to save three million, or do you want to potentially save ten million and cut him in two years? You know, like Mm. I don't know. It's it's so tough. Two years of cap space will be like how much more? You know. Yeah. Good point. Um, So yeah, those are those are our biggest needs. I wanted to read, so I put it up on Twitter. Um, if you're not following us, please do. We're at CTW Pod, like circling the wagons pod on Twitter. And I said, if the Bills don't go wide receiver in the first round, basically their biggest need, uh, what other position do they draft? And so what's cool is Miss Molly on Twitter, she I, I sometimes when you post something, and this doesn't happen all the time, obviously, but if it gets a lot of engagements, like I just can't keep track of all of the transactions. Like I try to, but uh it just doesn't happen. Like like it just so many people are either liking or replying or whatever. So, I mean, we had geez, 188 replies to this and then, you know, how many quote tweets on it, but Cole Beasley third and Cole, uh, miss Molly tweeted at us. She's like Cole third and Cole forever. She just tweeted us. And I said, the bills don't go wide receiver in the first round. What other position do they draft? And he says, Cole says a game wrecker on the D line if possible. So I like what Cole did because he was very uh, liberal with what he said. <laughs> very the D line. He didn't specify defensive tackle. He didn't specify defensive end. He just said a game wrecker on the D line. And I gotta say, I say what you will about Cole Beasley. I love that response. It's two of our four biggest needs, right? Is defensive line, tackler, end, whatever. Yeah, we just tackler end, right? Like you want a game wrecker. That's I. Yeah. yeah. It's just like I want an explosive wide receiver, right? Like I want a game wrecker at defensive line. I want an explosive wide receiver. I want a ball hawk at safety, right? Like we've just made it all named all our basic needs. It's a, it, I mean, I can't disagree with any of that. So um, I thought it was just cool that uh, that Cole Beasley responded. Had to had to. Uh, He's had the to bee's knees. That. It's not the bee. <laughs> the bees. He is the bee's knees. He's uh, he's bee's knees. He's. Uh, What's, what was another one? Mike, you had like two for Cole Beasley. Was was the Bees Knees yours or was that John? Was I think that your it was nickname? Mike that came up with that one. I, was it? Okay. That's a good one. It's good. Almost as good. Almost as good. No, third and Cole's one. That's okay. Because... It's not, <laughs> that's, uh, we're not going to. John. John. John, I get it. I know what you think. I know what you think. It's like having an argument with my wife about something that happened three years ago. Like, I know, I know what you thought. <laughs> like, we don't have to rehash this. I was wrong. Okay, as long as I was right and you're wrong. <laughs> Sometimes that's not enough, though, John. Sometimes it's not. <laughs> now, uh, do you know why you're wrong? No, I don't. I mean, yes, I do. Because <laughs> it was stupid. Um, 
<laughs> because I may, I'm, I, uh, <laughs> it's so stupid sometimes. I just, just don't listen to the it's obvious okay, things I forgive like you. what you say in front of me. <laughs> Thank you, John. Thank you. Um, Dan Freddy writes defensive tackle. We need a defensive tackle and wide receiver both in rounds one through three. Regardless, I don't I don't disagree with anything at that at this point. Brandon Bean season twenty twenty four says best player available at a position of need to include wide receiver, center, defensive end, defensive tackle, and safety. There's your center, John. He agrees with you. Yep. Yeah, I put I put that after those top four. Sorry, I just realized I wasn't sharing the screen with you. You guys can't even see what the heck I'm writing. I'm talking about. Cut that out. Okay. Uh, Ulysses writes. Just making it up. Just making it up. <laughs> Somebody tell John to uh, to come up with a better nickname for Cole Beasley. Ulysses says, "Going bold, cut Morris, save eight million on the cap, and draft our center for the next ten years. Interior line is about the only place you can get a top prospect at twenty eight. Uh, now, I don't disagree with that logic completely, but don't you hate – it is a risk. Don't you hate cutting a guy to save some money, which I get we have to save some money just to afford our draft picks, but like leaving a huge hole and then drafting someone hoping you'll get someone as good as Mitch Morris? So, what, like, doesn't that seem unlikely? What was the unlikely? again for the – Eight million. Eight million for Mitch Morris. I feel like that's not enough of a savings. I think we already we already kind of went over this. You, you cut Trey White before Mitch Morris, um, but I mean, but, huge, but again, then you're risk. using that twenty. We were, I mean, the draft is a crapshoot. Like you could be, you've seen what they've been like without Morris in the lineup. They yeah. need they but, need to draft you know, somebody one thing for I'll, sure to, to to try him out to sure. see if he could succeed him at some point. But I, I wouldn't just replace him immediately. No, you're kind of like with with cutting Trey White. At least it's like. You know, the, you're cutting a guy who comes coming off a major injury, the second one in three years, and you could save six million. It's like, oh, for another two million dollars, let's put a huge hole in our offensive line at center, and then try to replace that in the draft. See, like, because you're definitely not replacing it in free agency for you know eight million dollars necessarily. So, uh, at least someone as good at, as him. The, um, the other thing, the, the only thing I'll say for Ulysses, real quick, John, is that. He has a point about Morris as far as injuries because Mitch Morris might be one concussion away from retiring. You know, I agree with that. And I think they should still draft somebody to replace him at some point. So I think they should do both uh, from a philo- I think philosophical. I was going to say, I think you can get a guy in like the day, day two, day three for, for yeah, that for position, sure. though. Yeah, and, and then you'll know. To be 28. And, if it, and if it doesn't work out, then you can adjust the year after, right? If he's like, oh, this guy's not going to. Phil Morris's shoes. Well, we'll take a second stab at it the next year, type of thing. Yep. Either free agency or yep, Morris was free agent when they got him. From a philosophical standpoint, yep. offense versus defense. The defense, despite a ton of injuries, obviously there was a straw that broke the camel's back. But McDermott had them running really good this year. On the offense, they actually have everybody coming back except for Gabe Davis for starters. So, and and we we keep talking about adding weapons and things for Josh Allen and to make it so that maybe who cares is it's really hard in the NFL to have a good offense and defense, or at least a really great offense and a really great defense. So if you're going to pick one, pick the offense and just score every time. So if you keep, if the offense is already largely intact, 
just add to it. Don't take away from it. Just add to it. And on the defense, see if he can make do. You got a defensive-minded coach. They'll figure it out, in my opinion. Agreed, agreed. So let's say this is, I mean, we're getting way ahead of ourselves because free agency hasn't happened, John. But let me know what you think about this. The Bills have needs on offense. They have a need at, like, I I mean, ever since, if you have your franchise quarterback, in my opinion, you always draft at least one wide receiver and one offensive lineman each season, you know, just because you can never have too many of those guys, no matter what, at least one, right? Like, that's, that's my opinion. So uh, I think that they draft at least one wide receiver. They draft at least one offensive lineman, like you said, potentially a center, ideally, to take over for Mitch Morris, potentially. And then number three is you use a day three pick on a on a backup running back, right? You get those three picks. Then with the other seven picks, I could easily see, see going all all defense, right? Maybe it's not 7-3. Maybe it's more like 6-4 defense to offense. But the majority of picks should probably be spent on the defense this season. Yeah, probably. Again, way ahead of ourselves. We don't know how the draft's going to line up. Maybe all the defensive players go in the first round, second round, third round, and the Bills have to pick an offensive player yeah. or whatever. That that's fine. The only but, walker, like the last couple of rounds, that could be anything. You'd be drafting like a quarterback, running back, a kicker, or a punter, or whatever. The last couple of rounds, or it could be all UDFA, like those kinds of things. Yeah, it could go either way. <laughs> Bill's Mafia Mike. Now, this is an interesting thing. Might as well draft a QB because if I'm Josh, I'd ask for a trade for not getting me some damn help. <laughs> yeah. No, they did. Well, I feel like, like they yeah, did the first two year. picks were offense. Come on. Yeah, they did help him yeah. out a lot. Yeah, this isn't like year. an Aaron Rodgers scenario where they, they never drafted uh, somebody who could catch balls. Like the Kincaid was a first round pick. Exactly. You want to hear something interesting, by the way, about. The draft last year. I just heard on a podcast. Dawson Knox was talking about the draft, and it was it was with Eric Wood. Eric Wood was asking him, um, "Did were you worried about them drafting Dalton Kincaid, and did they tell you beforehand that they would like to kind of prepare you?" So Dawson Knox said that basically they talked to him before the draft even happened, and they said we have a really high grade on this kid. Dalton Kate said, we don't really have as high of a grade on any of the wide receivers in this class, which I thought was interesting because I thought they might've had like two or maybe three above him, potentially a wide receiver. But he basically said that the Bills front office loved Dalton Kate that much, that they liked him more than the other wide receivers that in the class. That makes sense. Which there were some good wide receivers but in like this class. All four of those receivers were drafted also in the 20s, right? It, was, it wasn't like they were drafted in the top 15. So True. they were all first round picks, but like lower in the first round. So I, I could see that, like based on what the other teams did. Yeah, and it's possible that they might have been just below some of those guys, like Jordan Addison, might have been just below Dalton Kincaid or whatever. But they like Dalton Kincaid the most. So I thought that was interesting because you don't really hear that kind of clarity from people where they actually yeah. thought. The only, the only other guy I liked a lot How was uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and he went to Seattle, but like they. I mean, they already have really good receivers, so it's kind of hard for him to get involved. I, maybe they shouldn't have played Tyler Lockett as much down the stretch, but I don't know. Yeah, so let's go Buffalo rights, DT or defensive tackle or safety. That's it. Only other possibility is some crazy fall down the draft board for a top 15 prospect. Yeah, I mean, that could happen. I'm trying to think of what position 
would that really be a tough decision for maybe like offensive tackle just because they seem pretty set at left tackle and right tackle for now because of Spencer Brown's huge improvement this last season? That would be a tough one to do. Uh, guard, I think, would be a tough one to take, even if that fell to number, like a top 15 pick fell to number 28. Um, obviously, quarterback. Um, tight end would be really tough to take at 28. Uh, maybe linebacker, too. Uh, running back, for yeah, sure. Kicker, right? kicker punter. There's no yeah. way they take a running back. Kicker, kicker turner. Who is who? Who did the, the <laughs> Dolphins draft like like 20 years ago? He was a receiver, oh, and like, geez. Ted, yeah, Ted yeah, Kim. and like, Ted and like the interviews are like, oh yeah, he's going to be a returner for the next whatever. And everybody's like, returner, he's a first round pick. What about the receiver price? <laughs> like, uh, oh, I, uh, oh, uh. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> Sorry, you cut <laughs> off right there. <laughs> next question. Good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Nerdy Birdie writes, D-line for sure. They're losing a lot of people at defensive tackle and defensive end. Yeah, for sure. I think we're kind of all in agreement for that one. Um, EB says, no, no, it's a defensive tackle or defensive end. I'd be shocked otherwise. I was a little shocked last season. I thought that when they drafted Dalton Kincaid, they were going to go defensive tackle. I can't remember the guy, the prospect that I saw fall, and he went to the the Saints like right after, but I thought they were going to go defensive tackle for sure last year. Matt writes, none. If you ignore the wide receiver position yet again, there's no need to play the season because you're going to continue getting the same results each year. Dude, I, I, okay, Matt, I, I agree with what you're saying in, in theory, but look at the Chiefs. The Chiefs didn't have an amazing, they don't even have a Stefan Diggs like receiver on their roster. I mean, you could say Travis Kelsey is that guy, his number one wide receiver. But other than that, they like they have some pretty good guys, but no one crazy. Their offense isn't what their offense kept the ship steady, but their defense is what carried that team this year. So if you end up having Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Dalton Kincaid, you know, um Khalil Shakir and a good offensive line, if your defense becomes elite, like if the Bills don't have so many injuries on defense last season, like you can make a run. So I agree what he's saying. I agree with, with what Matt's saying in theory, and I've definitely said that out loud. But if they end up hitting on some major draft picks this season, like at safety, at defensive tackle, at defensive end, like this is this is a Super Bowl team. I mean, you just said with what they already have in said place. It. Like they have to be healthy at the right time to make that run, and they they were making a run, obviously, to to win the division and get in the playoffs with that seed that they got and keep going but they were not healthy whatsoever especially on no. defense and sometimes that's 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 all that matters at, at that point like bernard was out and like eh, there's no way they're gonna win that yeah yeah so those were some really good replies on twitter thank you guys all for chiming in there um yeah so i think we hit on everything um if you guys want we'll we'll you know, DM me. I'll send you our big list of uh, Bill's needs, and uh, and I can send that to you. But um, I think we're good. We want to uh, do one more podcast before free agency, where we talk about um, the a few prospects that we might be eyeing. So we're going to try to do that uh, for the next episode. But yeah, I think we covered a lot. Uh, any final thoughts, John or Mike, before we end this one? 
Okay. That's cool. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys could do us a favor, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We'd truly appreciate it. Um, that would do a lot to uh, you know, help us reach uh, a little bit more of a broader fan base. Uh, and, and, you know, it helps. Subscribe, download, whatever. Tell your your cool person if you're listening to this podcast. Tell other cool friends of yours, you know, that you you listen to the, the Circling the Wagons podcast. So definitely appreciate you guys listening for following in with us in the off season, doing this. We're figuring this all out together, and hopefully we we develop the Bills team the best we can together. And by the way, this is I know that some of you like to email us during the season. I can't usually respond to those emails all the time, or at least bring them up on the podcast. If you have anything that you want to discuss or even just bring up on the podcast, as far as free agents that you like, or uh, draft picks that you like, or whatever that you want us to discuss, feel free to email us ctwpod at gmail.com or DM us and say, Hey, you know, I really like this guy. You guys should talk about him or whatever. Uh, And we can do that. We can focus it a little bit more, but uh, let us know. This is the time of year to do it. So again, thank you guys all for listening. Signing off for Bills and for Mike. Go Bills. Go Bills, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. Um, well, listen, I, the whole show is called Circling the Wagons. Say no more. I love it. <laughs>